Vicki McCann, and you're listening to ADW Learn, a podcast for our Archdiocese of Washington educators. I'm enjoying my 16th year at ADW and currently the Director for Curriculum and Instruction for the Archdiocese of Washington. I spearhead all things curriculum, resources, instruction, and even assessment. In fourth grade, I had a pen pal. We wrote letters back and forth talking about our pets, our siblings, our friends, natural fourth grade things. But it gave me a global perspective that there's another fourth grader out there who's experiencing similar events that I am. As educators, many times you're the only grade level or subject area teacher in your school, which may make you feel unsure or even, even alone at times. Finding your own PLN, which stands for Personal or Professional Learning Network, can provide much needed support, especially right now. I saw a definition of a PLN, and it was described as a network of professionals with whom you share knowledge and from whom you gain knowledge. I love this definition because it shows that these networks can happen anywhere and be formal or informal. Catlin Tucker discusses why you should join a PLN, and she mentions that it gives you the ability to connect with other educators anytime. She mentions that most teachers don't have enough time in the school day to even share best practices with their fellow coworkers in the same school building. And that sometimes you just need to be able to discuss the nuts and bolts of the school day with other educators, regardless of time or location. And because of technology, there's now so many great ways to join a PLN. I know for me personally, I have found such value in Twitter and educational Facebook groups And I've actually made it a point to follow educators around the world that help me to get inspired and expose me to different projects or innovative ideas out there. Some of you might have even heard of the new social media app. It's called Clubhouse. It's only on Apple devices right now, but it's gaining some traction um, amongst the education community. If you haven't heard of Clubhouse, it's basically just an audio platform where you can start conversations, listen in on conversations. It's kind of like going to an audio ed camp or even a conference where you can walk in on different conversations and join in if you'd like, or just sit back and take in the community. So I've also been enjoying our teacher swap and shares that I've hosted using Zoom for our ADW educators. It's a time when our teachers can gather together with no agenda and for them to be able to ask questions to each other and learn from each other, what's working or even what's not working for them. And many times we end up talking about morning meetings or um, common tech tools. But what I found to be the most important takeaway from any ways, any way that you interact with your PLN is just to be able to find a community in which you realize you're not alone there are other teachers experiencing the exact same emotions that you're experiencing. So in this episode, I talked to Sarah about her new mastermind program. Hey, Sarah, I wanna welcome you to ADW Learn Podcast. And I wanna let our audience know that you're actually our first repeat um, guest on our podcast. So that's exciting. We had you on the first time for episode five and it was about maintaining community. 
um, in your staff and in your school and with your students. So if you want to go back and check that out, feel free to listen in episode five, Maintaining Community. But Sarah, could you tell us a little bit about yourself to our new viewers and about your company? Absolutely. Hi. Um, hello. Hello. I'm super excited to be back. And I did not know I was the first repeat customer. So that is yeah. a nice boost. That's kind of fun. Um, and so, yeah, my name is Sarah Dugan. My company is called Teach, Learn, Thrive. And my mission is to help teachers kind of fall back in love with teaching by rediscovering what they love about their job and empowering themselves through learning. Um, and so I provide professional development workshops to schools. I provide coaching to schools for individual teachers and teams of teachers. And I provide a new service that I'm going to get to share a little bit more about today called the Teacher Mastermind, which is a way for teachers to connect to other teachers and get that empowerment and support that I love to provide. Well, welcome. Um, currently, I'm running, uh, I call them teacher swap and shares, but it's kind of a, um, um, I would say a less structured program than your teacher mastermind. So I've heard about your teacher master mastermind and that you're currently accepting applications. So what is this program and how can it help our teachers? So yeah, in a nutshell, the teacher mastermind is is it's a supportive peer group who meets regularly and who holds each other accountable for making progress. Um, and they're more common in the business world. Um, and it, they're just kind of filtering over, I think, into the education world. But business executives often are part of these masterminds where they're, they meet with other executives from outside their company to do some cross-pollination of ideas and support each other. Um, and so, so here are the hallmarks of the mastermind. Um, the way I see it. Uh, it is a small group that is confidential and it meets regularly. And it, it's gotta have people in it who want to grow, who want to improve, who are to do that, willing to be vulnerable and open-minded and collaborative with, each, with other people um, in order to achieve the growth they're looking for. Um, usually they might, they, you know, they face challenges in their job. They, they have goals and they wanna move forward. Um, and so a mastermind also needs a facilitator who can kind of be neutral, um, who can ask probing questions to keep the conversation moving and can ensure everybody is participating equally and can also ensure that the talk stays in a, in a solution-oriented direction rather than um, like a negative venting. Right. So uh, your program is like, a, it's a little different because you are actually bringing teachers together from a variety of schools, and I'm assuming a variety of different, um, it could be different districts as well. Uh, why'd you structure it this way? Um, so I definitely structured it that way on purpose. And it's gonna be a variety of eight of grade levels too. Um, it's open to teachers K through 12, um, and maybe even some pre-K teachers might, might jump in there too. Um, it's so, as you probably saw when you held your share, swap and share sessions, um, there are some benefits to bringing teachers together across different schools. Um, first of all, the idea for cross-pollination of ideas and brainstorming solutions is huge, right? Like mm -hmm. my school, I'm struggling with the problem of managing the flow between my in-person days and my online days if I'm teaching hybrid. But maybe at somebody else's school in my mastermind, they have got a solution that's working or they've got some strategies that are working to address that exact problem. And I can now learn about those and implement those in my own classroom um, 
or maybe like you're having a problem with a colleague and you need to figure out how to address it. And then somebody else in the group might be further along in their career and they've been there and they can shed light on that. Um, and then I think one of the other big benefits of taking it outside of the school is that it can truly be a safe space without any reverberations for sharing too much or being too vulnerable. Um, you know, everybody agrees to be confidential and that's possible to have that kind of confidentiality within a school or a district. But even so, you know, you still have to continue after you've shared something relatively vulnerable, you still have to like work with these people outside of the mastermind. And so there's that concern that, you know, somebody is remembering what you said and that might impact the way they think of you and work with you going forward. Um, and so the, the full outsideness of this type of mastermind that I'm running, I think is a benefit for that reason, because you can truly be more vulnerable. And that's where the connection comes from in the growth. Um, and then finally, just to have a cheer team and an accountability team from people who are, who are like-minded in the sense of they wanna improve and get better. Um, and everyone believes in everyone else and wants to hear about their wins and wants to hold other people accountable. It is so powerful. I know I said in my, um, my swap and share, I said, you know, I hate to use uh, Planet Fitness's <laughs> idea, but I was like, it's really a no judgment zone. You know, we're all in this together and we really can't judge each other for, you know, judge each other for any type of circumstance that's happening in their own classroom. Cause we're honestly, everybody's probably experienced it. It's so true. Absolutely. So I understand you've recently made a shift and how your mastermind program would serve teachers. Can you tell us about it? Yes, oh my gosh. I, I, I sort of still can't believe this happened, but um, I, I feel so, I feel like it's so right now. I feel like I've, I'm headed in the right direction now. So I originally planned this as a way for teachers to level up. Like teachers say, wanted to meet a goal, wanted to improve, maybe even grow and take on a leadership role. Um, and I thought it would be a space for them to challenge each other and support each other to do all that. And then I started to pay a lot more attention to talk in education communities um, about resilience. And I had always thought when I was a teacher, um, I always thought it was like almost too simple or wimpy to think about resilience. And I was like, yes, you have to be tough to be a teacher. And yeah, that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like hindsight's twenty twenty, and maybe there was a little bit of pride involved in that on my part. You know, like I was tough enough to be a teacher you should be too, or something like, you know. Uh -huh. So having grown away from that, I started to realize and read and learn more about resilience. And it became, um, I realized it is really the center of, of everything. Um, you know, and, and not to get political, but I realized that like being tough and having that attitude of like, I can, I can do this because I'm tough and I don't need self-care is almost a way that maybe I coped with like the oppression and disrespect that society has toward teaching. And now that I see that for what it is, I wanna let teachers know what I now know, like it doesn't have to be that way. You can focus on building your resilience and you deserve to. And, and you know, if nobody else, if, or if the system is not set up to support your resilience, you gotta take that matters into your own hands and do what you can to maintain that because that's what's gonna make you a stronger teacher. So. Right. Oh, this is the noise of me like stepping down off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the fundamentals about building that teacher resilience? Okay. It's so, it's so interesting and, and empowering to, to keep learning about this. But the idea is that you learn 
as a teacher, you learn about your own power and what you do have control over and what you can influence. Um, so, and what you can control, of course, is your own response to a challenging situation or a challenging student at school, um, the way you make sense of, of what happened and then the story you tell about it. And it's kind of about learning to feel our own feelings and name them and own them. And part of emotional resilience is about awareness, like understanding what our feelings are and where they're coming from. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about social emotional learning with students these days and, you know, maybe, teachers could use a little bit of that too. You know, we mm -hmm. teachers are like emotionally intelligent. Of course we are, but I think that kind of depends on like your, how you were raised and, and so many things about our core identities. Um, so I think it's worth like building up that ability to in teachers to be honest with themselves about their emotions. Mm -hmm. So what about like the stuff that is beyond the teacher's control. There's just so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, unfortunately. And so, you know, I've been reading this book by Elena Aguilar, who was an instructional coach in Oakland, California. And she, I'm gonna share a quote from her because I love her, her she calls it a theory of action about how she connects resilience to all of those huge factors beyond teacher's control. She says, quote, oh, here's my theory of action. If we boost our individual resilience, then we will have more energy to address organizational and systemic conditions to elect officials who will fund public education, organize against policies that dehumanize educators and push back on punitive assessment policies and scripted curriculum that turn teachers into robots and students into depositories to be filled. With more energy and more resilience, we can build and strengthen the kinds of communities in which we can thrive where we can engage in professional development that allows us to reflect on our own biases and where we can observe and learn from each other. And obviously, you know, I, I think that's so powerful. It gives where me, was that quote from again? I'm sorry. It's a book called Onward. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then this, I have it right behind me. The subtitle is Cultivating Emotional Resilience in Educators. Okay, great. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's very empowering. And, you know, obviously that's the long game, right? Like, you know, tomorrow we are not going to be able to push against the system um, and make change. But in the short term, it's about learning to let go of the stuff that you can't control and focus on what is strong and what is true about yourself as a human and yourself as a teacher. And that can help you stay grounded and eventually have the strength to be able to maybe influence things at a broader level. Oh, I feel like that's what basically 2020 taught us. <laughs> You know, if anything, it's it's the let go of the stuff that we cannot control, you know? Yeah, that is so true. That's so true. Um, so how did you prevent a mastermind or how do you prevent them from becoming like a venting session? Um, that's a huge concern, right? We don't want to just like spiral into negative talk. So, I, you know, this again goes back to what I was just saying about bringing emotions into the workplace. Um, and, and making it okay to talk about our feelings because that can lead toward positive uh, solution-oriented talk. Um, you know, I don't know all the different ways it can look to bring emotions into the workplace in a school for teachers, but I do think that a program like a mastermind is a starting point because it's a community where people can learn to be honest with their emotions while also keeping the talk solution-oriented for students. And I think those two things go hand in hand. 
like there's a temptation to blame outside factors, right? Like these kids don't have support at home. Um, and so if we can focus on the stuff that we can control, which is like how we respond to say, for example, disrespectful words from a student, um, but to maintain this, I think a tone really has to be set in either whether it's a mastermind group or whether it's a whole school, a tone has to be set where the adults in the building are making a choice to be careful about the words they choose and hold each other accountable for that. Um, and, and one way to do that that I'm, I'm learning again from the book onward is to make a conscious effort to tell empowering stories when talking about students. So I'll explain what that means um, in a little bit, but um, it might mean just like an informal no venting policy, which would involve some processing of emotions with teachers. And as a former teacher myself, like my guard goes up maybe when I hear immediately like no venting, um, because my immediate reaction might be like, oh, so I can't be honest about my struggles. Right. I feel disrespectful to me as a teacher. But um, what about helping teachers be honest with their emotions around their struggles and then processing and owning those feelings and then helping them uncover what's at the root of those emotions and what's at the root of the frustrating student behaviors. So what that could look like is like a culture in which teachers are talking with one another and checking in if a student was difficult for them that day. How was, how was X student for you today? Because they seemed really upset in my class today. And like, are you, are, have you been doing anything that's working? With that student to, to get through to them and connect with them and let me try that that kind of conversation um and sharing any information they might have about what might be going on with that student outside of school um so it's the conversation with the ultimate goal of finding information finding solutions and rather than um just venting um, and that's possible without resentment when there's time and space for teachers to process their feelings around the work mm -hmm. so what do you say to like a teacher or a leader that's that has the mindset that there's just not enough time you know they have to focus their time on the academics and on the learning piece and on the teaching piece and they don't have time for that that self-care piece what do you say to somebody like that yeah well i say first of all i used i was there <laughs> um and i have uh so i can share i, I already talked about how I came around to that, but you, I think the other thing you can do is take it back to the research. Like, I, and I would also argue that anyone who's been a professional educator um, for a few years has some anecdotal evidence on the fact that humans need community. Um, and what, like when we feel a sense of belonging, we don't want to leave a community. Um, like, like for example, a bonding experience for a faculty, say in the beginning of the school year in August or something can be very expensive to invest in, but you know what, so is teacher turnover, right? Like to mm -hmm. minimize teacher turnover, we've got to build and sustain community to and allow for, for that peer connection. And so indirectly, but powerfully, the connection, the community piece, the emotional, um, the openness leads to stronger instruction because teachers are then available to to do that and to react in the appropriate ways when things get difficult. Um, I can cite one interesting piece of research that I've come across recently, um, and it was published in 2013 by Matthew Lieberman, um, who's like a neuro researcher of some kind. Um, and his theory, I thought this was super fascinating, turns Maslow's pyramid on its head. And he says, 
yeah, yeah, we all need food, water, and um, shelter to survive, right? But because as infants, we need a caregiver to give us those things, we can't get them for ourselves. We are actually built then to thirst for connection, and it is linked to our most basic needs. So I thought that was a really interesting argument for the value and power of like why community is so important to us as humans. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what are some ways that schools might be able to implement a program like this in their own buildings? Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, it, it is, I think it takes some juggling with the schedule, right? Um, and it would be amazing to be able to make time for teachers to come together in a say optional weekly mastermind group and what many of them could be developed. And now that we're all so good at Zoom, it mm -hmm. can be something that happens on Zoom with teachers in a building. Um, they just need a facilitator and you know the, the elements I mentioned before. Um, but also the other, you know, the, the thing, if you can't create a mastermind this year in your schedule, right, fair enough. Um, schools can make small changes in their culture that I think can impact the language, language they use and the things that they choose to focus on and tell stories about. So like, you know, focusing on wins, focusing on solutions and focusing on what we can control. Um, it, like, for example, having a bulletin board, whether it's virtual or real, where faculty can give each other shout outs about ways they've helped each other or, um, or even a bulletin board for post in, in the faculty room, post a win that you've had this week with a student, with a class, whatever it might be, things like that. Um, and having student focus meetings that are meant to talk about ways to find solutions. Um, offering mindfulness and prayer practices to teachers, offering monthly wellness sessions and optional groups to hold each other accountable for meeting wellness goals. All kinds of little things like that, I think are very powerful in terms of changing the kind of narrative and the tone uh, and culture of a school. And that does kinds of stuff that a mastermind can do. Right. And I also like, I like the, the thought of shining a light on what's working. Yes, exactly. It is so, it's sort of natural and easiest to focus on the negative and it takes effort and, um, you know, actively holding each other accountable to focus for the positive. But if, but if school leaders can systematize that focusing on the positive with like the bulletin board stuff I talked about before or other things, it's so powerful. Or like even opening a faculty meeting with like just three minutes of, you know, who has a win to share, right? Mm -hmm. Like something along those lines. Um, is huge if you do it every single time you know people get excited about it people right powered by it and just what a great idea to share ideas like that you know by sharing yeah. everything something might be able to take just a little nugget and use it in their own classroom right it's so easy to do and to think about but then but it's hard to like say oh no you know we have so much time or we only have so much time or we have all this stuff to cover in our meeting but mm -hmm. it's important to hold that sacred yeah definitely so what are some ways that teachers can work on um, building resilience if they don't join, you know, your mastermind program or if they don't have something like that at their school? Um, so I do, I want to go back to that idea of telling um, empowering stories um, because I think that that's a, a, a shift that teachers can make in their own hearts and minds that will empower them um, and be somewhat of a relief to them. Mm -hmm. uh, 
for example, I've, you know, I've worked with a lot of early career teachers who are like kind of demoralized by what they perceive to be apathetic students, right? Like a kid, something as simple as a kid not coming to class with a pencil or not showing up for after school help. Um, and, you know, the teacher, the story the teacher might be tempted to tell is that kid doesn't care about their learning or like that kid's family is not supporting me in my job when I, as I try to teach that kid or or it's the teacher's perceived inadequacy, right? Like it, disrespectful behavior can come back to how we see ourselves and our shortcomings. Like, oh, that kid's not respecting me or I'm not reaching these kids. I don't know how to reach these kids. Um, and, you know, those are examples of teachers, of the, a story a teacher will tell to explain the difficult situation they find themselves in. And that's what, that's human. Like we tell stories to make sense of our world. That's natural, but we can teach ourselves instead of telling those deficit type of stories that I just said, we can teach ourselves to tell the empowering version of those acts. So for example, like you could say, teach a teacher to say that student's family is working hard to make ends meet and they're working so hard, they can't possibly be supporting his or her learning. Um, or reminds me of a recent post I saw on social media where a kid gets you know, berated at school for not having a pencil, but then his story is like, what about all the stuff I've already done to be successful in my day? I've gotten my baby sister up and fed her and gotten her dressed. I, you know, made my own snack and lunch and um, fed myself and got myself out the door. And yep, I forgot a pencil, but you know, it's about, you know, telling an empowering story to say something like maybe that family's community doesn't have systems in place to support that family. And so that is ex explains the situation. And I think for teachers, the understanding that they can reframe the facts um, that are frustrating for them, it can be a real relief for them and can help them you know, stay focused on like the, the value that they bring and what is in their control. Yeah, sometimes you just have to take a step back you know, exactly. it, and that's, that's the hard part. Cause I mean, I know I was there in the classroom too. And you know, your emotions take over, exactly. but it's, it's learning how to take that step back to reframe it. I think you have to train yourself. I think you have to be part of a community where that's more common. And so that becomes your go-to train of thought. And I feel like you also have to like learn, you know, about like poverty and chronic stress and trauma and how they, those impact the brain and the body and so that's why I really believe in professional development that goes into all of that stuff. Right, definitely. And um, I want to let our listeners know that if you are listening to this, we do have an exciting announcement for our ADW teachers. And coming very, very, very soon is going to be a program that I'm actually piloting right now with one of our ADW schools. And it's a program that allows you to earn CPD hours, which all of our teachers, all of our Maryland certified teachers know that CPD hours are continuing professional development hours. So you can earn hours for programs like this one, the mastermind program, you can earn hours and each hour will lead up to MSDE certification. So there's gonna be, and if you're hearing this right now from me, you're probably, your ears are probably perked up like, what? I didn't think I could earn hours for this. So there's gonna be a lot more information coming out from me, but just keep that in mind that a program like this, um, joining a community like this, it can count for CPD hours and that will lead to MSDE certification, uh, MSDE credit. So 
just keep that in mind when you hear about programs and such, you know, like this one. That's super exciting. It um, is, it is. That's great, that's great. Which I think that is the perfect time for me to make my shameless plug about my future mastermind actually. Um, so by the time this podcast episode airs, I think it's airing next week, right? When, um, Vicki? Yes. Okay, so if that is the case, then um, by the time you are listening to this, you will, um, the master, my mastermind program for teachers will be accepting applications and there will be one more day um, of early bird pricing, which is a pretty significant discount. So who is the mastermind for? The mastermind is for teachers who um, consider themselves learners, who consider themselves people who are dedicated to their job and who value the community connection, um, the peer-to-peer -peer connection between teachers and who really get a lot from that. Um, and maybe teachers like that are having a hard time maintaining balance this year because it's a really tough year. Um, and so the mastermind is a is a 12 week, one hour per week time to connect with a very small intimate group of eight to 10 other educators who will support you, who will help you problem solve um, and cheer you on and, and um, and just give you that connection and that validation that you may be missing this year. And uh, the other thing is we're gonna have a mini curriculum of ways to build resilience, which is why I've been talking so much about that today. Um, so I am really excited about it. Actually, two of the spots are already taken. And so if you are at all interested, I encourage you to check out my website, which we'll post in the show notes and um, my email and just reach out to me and let me know that you're interested because I think spots are gonna continue filling quickly like they've been. And, um, and if you wanna get early bird pricing, fill out an application on the site and just submit it before the end of the day, Wednesday the 17th, so. This sounds terrific. I have lots of ADW teachers as part of it because I always enjoy working with them. Yeah, and it sounds like something that, you know, if you attended one of my swap and shares and you want more, it sounds like the perfect, you know, continuation of that. So the swap and shares, just for those that don't know, I held those in the month of February for each, for grade level clusters. And it was just a one hour time for teachers to informally talk. So if you attended one, this sounds like the perfect next step, you know, so you could actually make a connection with a group and have that continual, the continual conversation instead of just a one and done that mine was. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I love that you, that you started that. I think it's really, it's much needed and, and awesome. And then, and so it sounds like also then this teacher mastermind will give teachers one MSD, almost one MSDE credit. So. Yeah. Yes, definitely. definitely. It will definitely help them. You know, you said it's 12 hours. Um, just so our teachers know 15 hours would be one MSDE credit. So you would only need three more hours of professional development, which you're already doing somewhere else. So don't worry about it. Um, and thank you, Sarah, for your time. And I want to congratulate you again for being our repeat guest on ADW Learn. Uh, what's your website in case people want to just go see your um, company website? Okay. So the website is teach-learn-thrive.com. Perfect. And are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at Dugan EDU, and I also just started posting um, about education-related things on Instagram. Um, so you can find me there uh, 
on, let's see, what is my Instagram handle? Sarah Dugan TLT. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. And I look forward to working with you in the future. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure chatting. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of ADW Learn. I hope you enjoyed it and feel free to subscribe to hear future episodes or even follow me at ADW Curriculum on Twitter.